0: الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من الله فلا مضل له ومن يُضْلِلُ فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان عده الشهور عند الله اثنا عشر شهرا في كتاب الله يوم خلق السماوات والارض منها اربعه حرم ذلك الدين القيم صدق الله العظيم وعن ام سلمه رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول من اهل بالحج والعمره من المسجد الاقصى الى المسجد الحرام Respected ulama elders, beloved brothers in Islam The verse of the Quran which I recited in the beginning In it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions Whether it is the solar calendar or the lunar calendar Or any of the calendars The number of the months in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the year is 12 months, of which four months are what we refer to as ashur al hurum the sacred or the sanctified months. We find that the sanctity of these four months in various degrees even amongst the pagan Arabs, even amongst the people of ignorance prior to Islam, the sanctity of these four months was observed. Allah Ta'ala mentioning or highlighting this in the Quran says, anfusakum." Do not oppress one another in these months. In other words, be cautious, be meticulous. One in increasing our ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and more importantly in the abstention of the disobedience of Allah. Staying away from guna, staying away from sin, staying away from the dis- from that which angers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is important for us to understand heightened periods, ashur e sacred months mentioned in another hadith, the three are consecutive and one is separated. The one three that are consecutive that follow one another, Zul Qada, and Muharram. And the month which we have just entered into, the fourth of the Ashur Echorum, the sacred months, this Mubarak and Blessed Month of Rajab. As I mentioned These represent opportunities for us. Allah's mercy, Allah's forgiveness, Allah's compassion, Allah's kindness. We can't even imagine it. It's mentioned, one riwayat that one sinner will be summoned in the court of Allah on the day of judgment. Allah, Ta'ala will tell the malayka, Allah will tell the Malaika, Allah will tell the Malaika, when doing the hisab and reckoning of this person from his files, only open up the small sins that he committed. The major sins, that don't show it to him for the time being. And such is the mercy of Allah that the small sins will be revealed in front of this person and for each sin, each sin Allah will say, I have not only forgiven you, but I'm going to give you this reward and this reward and this reward, that which Allah says in the Quran, فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيَّاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا those who will sincerely repent. You look at the penal system or the juristic system of any country in the world. When somebody is a convicted felon, what happens? That stain, that dark, remains on him for the rest of his life. Even after he served his time, there's still parole. And even after the parole, whenever he has to apply for visa anywhere or apply for a job, Have you? Do you have a previous conviction? He has to keep admitting. He carries the negativity of it for the rest of his life, even though he served his time, or outwardly, ostensibly, even though he's paid his dues to society, it's never forgotten. Allah's court, Allah's system. When Allah forgives, Allahu Akbar. We forget the stain remaining. Allah says, فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتِ In place of every wrong crime that he committed, Allah will write down a good deed. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورَ الرَّحِيمَ And Allah is very forgiving, very merciful. We can never lose hope in the mercy of Allah. So in place of every small sin, Allah will instruct the angels that give him this good deed and give him this good deed and give him this maqam in Jannat and that and that reward and that bounty this person will see Allahu Akbar how merciful how kind how compassionate Allah is so insan's nature what happens Allah told the angels only show him his small sins first he was very afraid what's going to happen reckoning how am I going to answer now only the small sins and in place of each small sin Allah is giving you so much a reward so this person what will he do He'll say, hey, "What about all the big sins? I mean, you're left out all those things." Allah's Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam Sahaba say when he mentioned this incident, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam smiled. He laughed to such an extent that the teeth at the back of the mouth, نواجده, the teeth at the back of the mouth of Rasulullah sallam became visible. Such is the mercy of Allah. Rajab is a season rajab is an opportunity it was acknowledged by our master sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the onset of this month he would start the dua allahumma barik lana fi rajabin wa sha'ban wa ramadan to remind us to remind us you are entering into a season this is in other words a time of reflection a time to change a time to get your house in order. O oh Allah, bless us in the months of Rajab and Shaban and cause us to remain alive to experience Sayyidul Shuhur, the leader of the months of the Islamic calendar, the Mubarak and the blessed month of Ramadan. Abu Bakr Warraq Al Balkhi Rahimahullah, he says, Mathal Rajab, Kamathaliz Zara. وَمَثَلُ شَعْبَانِ مَثَلُ سقال الزَّرَعِ وَمَثَلُ رمضان مَثَلُ الزَّرَعِ He says the example of the month of Rajab in agricultural terms is like the month where you will plant the seeds. Shaban is where you will water the crops and Ramadan if the correct preparation was made, that will be the time to harvest and to reap the maximum benefit. Another expression of Abu Bakr Warrak, Rahimahullah. He says, Mathalul Rajab Matalur Reh Wa mathalushaban matalul ghaim. Wa matalu Ramadan Matalul Matar. He says the example of Rajab is like the wind what wind the wind that promises the onset of rain clouds the example of shaban is the evidence now that the horizon is clouded up with dark clouds promising rain and ramadan is when the torrential rainfall of the mercy and rahmat and forgiveness of allah subhanahu wa taala that was anticipated From the time of Rajab, finally dawns. This is a period, a season that we have to start preparing. This is what this dua teaches us. Ask Allah for Barakat, what what it means? Start preparing. Unfortunately, my respected brothers, as an ummah today, particularly when it comes to our religion, our deen, we have become very, very ritualistic. We follow customs, rituals and norms, haqaiq, reality, the actual asbaq and lessons which we are supposed to take, we are not taking. Particularly, why this is ironical and sad, is particularly in the light of the current situation that the ummah is facing. Plus minus... 58 majority Muslim countries, there is upheaval, there is tyranny, there is carnage. One is a case of where this, this has become common, Muslim lands being usurped, Muslim blood being spilt, whether it was Kashmir, whether it was Burma, whether it was Syria, whether it was Iraq, And the list goes on. More closer to the hearts of every Muslim is the current crisis that we are facing. Where something has been brought right in front of us. Call it whatever you want, the reality is that genocide is taking place. Little Muslim innocent children, women are being slaughtered hunger, starvation, deprived of basic amenities and rights, on a scale that is absolutely shocking. We even those whose hearts are full of kufr and zulmat and darkness, if there is even a vestige of insaniyat, even a spark of humanity in those hearts, they also would be shocked. And what is being justified, how the media is being adulterated and controlled, And how the narrative is being written beforehand. And how darkness is being presented as light in front of us. What is closer to the heart, this month of Rajab, to a large extent to the ummah reminds us of one great muajizah. Many many miracles Rasulullah sallallahu performed. In fact, ulama say more miracles were given to Rasulullah than all the Adam ambiya Whole whole books of hadith have been written on the miracles of Rasulullah sallallahu We find in the books of ahadis this forms a particular topic. They call it dalailun nubuwa. Holol kitabs, proofs of prophethood. Hundreds of miracles of Rasulullah Very, very few are mentioned in detail in the Qur'an. Splitting of the moon also, isharat and one shakkal al-qamar. But this particular miracle, such detail Allah brings about in the Quran. SubhanAllahi al-Sirabi abadihi Laylum min al-Masjid al-Haram ila al-Masjid al-Aqsa al barakna Khawlihu linnurihu min ayatina Innahu huwa as al-Basir. Great detail Allah devotes to the mention of this great magician miracle. By way of clarification, don't misunderstand, we are not going into a fiqhi, bahas, or debate. Miraj took place in Rajab or didn't take place in Rajab? Miraj occurred on the 27th night of Rajab or didn't? The fact of the matter is historically, from authentic ahadith, etc., and books of Sirah, we do not know for sure which night exactly Miraj took place to say with any level of conviction that it occurred on the 27th of Rajab or that it even occurred in Rajab. Unfortunately, holistically, em- empirical evidence in Quran and Hadith does not support us fixing that date or that night for the Miraj of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa That it did occur and that particular night when it did occur was a great night, there is absolutely no doubt in that. But, Something has become the Riwaj and the norm, where normally this month of Rajab has become to a very large extent associated with Mayarajul Nabi. So, in the light of that, particularly in the context of what is occurring, this is not just Kashmir or Burma or Iraq or Syria. This is something far greater, far closer to the heart of every Muslim. Abu Zar radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, Sa'altun Nabiya sallallahu alayhi sallam an awwali masjid wudiya fil ard. He said, I asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam what was the first masjid placed on the earth? Allah Ta'ala answers that question in the Quran Inna awwala baita wudi'a nas alladhi bi-Bakkah mubarak wa The first house of Allah on this earth is Ka'batullah in Mecca Mukarramah. The first construction of Ka'batullah occurred by the malaika Abu Zar reconstruction famously we know Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, with the assistance of his son Ismail salam, did many years later. When Masjid al-Aqsa is spoken about, it, it has become famous. Construction of Masjid al-Aqsa occurred by Dawud salam, And was completed by Sayyidina Sulaiman salam. The incident is mentioned in the Qur'an. However, however, that also there is a body of evidence that supports the fact that that also was reconstruction. When did Masjid Al-Aqsa, actual construction really take place? Abu Zar says, I asked Nabi Wasallam, what was the first house? He said, Ka'batullah, thumma ay. Then he said, I asked Ya Rasulullah, after Ka'batullah, what was the first, next masjid built on this earth? He said, "Masjidul Al-Aqsa. كَمْ What was the distance? What was the time lag like between the construction of Kaaba and the construction of Masjid aqsa Rasulullah Sallallahu said, "Arbauna Aman, forty years after the Malaika built Kaaba the Malaika built Masjid aqsa forty years later on this earth." This is the first qibla of Islam. Umm Salma radiyallahu taalaan has riwayat. Samiyyatun Nabiya Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. من أهل بالحج من المسجد الأقصى إلى المسجد الحرام غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه وما تأخر له الجنة oh, كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. She said that person who ties the ihram of hajj or umrah from masjid al aqsa and then proceeds to masjid al haram Allah will forgive all his past and future sins. And Allah will make Jannah wajib for him. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, "Lamma faraga Sulaiman ibn Dawood alayhi salam min bina'i Beit al- from Mas- bina'i Masjid al-Aqsa. Allah taala three when Sulaiman ibn Dawood alayhi salam completed the reconstruction of Masjid al-Aqsa. At the time of the reconstruction, he made three du'as to Allah. Like Ibrahim alayhi salam made dua after building Ka'batullah. Dawood, Sulaiman bin Dawood alayhi salam made dua to Allah ta'ala. asked for three things. The third thing he asked, La yati ahadan. La yurid illa salata fihi. That, Ya Allah, I am asking you that anyone who will come to Masjid Aqsa with, with only, with this maqsad, that he wants to make salah in Masjid Al-Aqsa, he makes a journey only with that purpose, no other purpose. Ya Allah, I am asking you, forgive him like a newborn child, wipe all his sins free. Rasulullah Sallam says, I have great hope that this dua of Sayyidina Sulaiman Alaihissalam was accepted by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. That Mubarak land, when Allah speaks of miraj nabi the riwayat of maymuna radhiyallahu anha the riwayat of abu zar radhiyallahu ta'ala an when this question was put to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam malqut what is the sanctity what is the hurmat of baytul maqdis what did my nabi say hi ardul manshari wal Maqshar, Khashar, resurrection of humanity the rising up of humanity will occur from that Mubarak zameen. The grandfather of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the father of 4000 anbiya alayhimu sallatu wa sallam, Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. his hijrat was to masjid al aqsa His qabr is in the precincts of that Mubarak masjid great great أنبياء والسلام إسحاق عليه السلام يعقوب عليه السلام موسى عليه السلام داود عليه السلام سليمان عليه السلام زكريا عليه السلام يحيى عليه السلام مریم. The mother of Sayyidina Isa, السلام, the great miracle, great miracle that Quran enunciates of the miraculous birth of Sayyidina Isa السلام, without the agency of a father occurred in Beitul Maqdis and the grave and the ascension of Sayyidina Isa from Beitul Maqdis, the list goes on. This is that Zameen, that land that Allah says, "Barakna حَوْلَهُ The special barakah and blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends around there. So this is something, particularly in the context of Rajab, few months ago to some extent, in our du'as, in our talks, this had come forward. We were speaking about Aqsa, the heart of every Muslim was bleeding. This desire, the emancipation of this of this masjid from the zalimeen, from the oppressors, the carnage that is occurring, this is something till the day that Allah frees Masjid Aqsa, till the day that Allah gives it back to the Ummad of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, till that time, the heart of no Muslim can be at ease. Iman demands this to identify with the pain, with the plight, with the hardship, with the difficulty, with the carnage. Open our hearts. Wallah my respected brothers, there should not be a single salah. Except that after that salah, we make du'a for Gaza. We make du'a for Baytul Maqdis. We make du'a for our brothers and sisters that are suffering. Ramadan is coming, this is part of the preparation, istighfar, change our lives. To such an extent, ulama is saying, this is on the one hand, on the one hand, those little babies that are being slaughtered, our mothers and sisters that are suffering, our brothers that are seeing their whole whole families wiped out in front of them. Ostensibly, outwardly, it may look a, like a loss, but Allah's Qasam, Allah's Qasam, Allah's Qasam. They are getting the istiqbal of shuhada. That rank Allah is giving them. They are not dead, they are alive. This is our iman. Allah is sustaining them. Such ranks in Jannah Allah is giving them, we cannot even imagine. Their qurbani and their sacrifice has to be a wake-up call for you and I. It has to be close to our hearts. We have to open our hearts. Many of our masajid, kunut and azila was taking place. Now we see it stopped. Yes, obviously from a masla point of view. But if not, obviously not regularly. But with a pause, we should continue with the kunut and azila. Continue with the du'as and more importantly, more importantly open our hearts. Whatever little we can spend. One of our great scholars, Mufti Taqi Osmani, recently he mentioned, he says, Allah has opened this upon my heart that in the current situation, the greatest form of nafil charity will be to spend on our brothers and sisters that are suffering there. He cites the incident of Abdullah bin Mubarak Rahmatullah, great scholar, not just a scholar, mujahid, muhadid. He would make hajj every year. This incident is mentioned in Qazi Ayaz's rahmatullahi, Kitab. It's mentioned by great giants of Islam, Ibn Qasir Rahimahullah's Bidaya Nihaya also that Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi, would perform Hajj every year. One year he was going for Hajj. He entered the city of Kufa, he used to live in Marwa. From Maru, he traveled to Kufa on his way to Ka'batullah. When he enters Kufa, he sees a little girl. She is plucking the feathers of a dead duck. He approaches her, he says, this is carrion, this is haram for you. She becomes upset, she says, mind your own business. He says, this is haram, you can't do this. Finally when he insists, she turns around. And she mentions her plight. Her family was facing severe poverty. They had lost everything. There was no food in the house. They hadn't eaten for days. She says, more than three days have passed. I am on the brink of starvation. I am taking this for my family. Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahmatullahi, follows her. He goes to the home of this child. When he sees the plight and difficulty that is facing them, he opens his heart. Whatever provisions he had, he gives it to them. Keeps a little just to return back tomorrow and cancels his trip for Hajj that year. When the people return from Hajj, they are greeting him effusively. Ibn Qasir mentions this incident in his Bidaya wa Nihaya. Someone says he says they not only greeting him effusively, they are regaling him with interactions that occurred between them and him in Hajj. Abdullah bin Mubarak says, I didn't make Hajj, what are you talking about? The one brother says, listen, when going from Arafat to Mina, when going from Mina to Arafat, I left my goods with you, you looked after it. Another one says, you bought this for me from the bazaar in Makkah. He's totally confused, that night he sees a dream. In that dream, the voice calls out to him, O oh Abdullah, because of your sadaqah and your charity, because you opened your heart on that starving family, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appointed an angel this year in your form to perform Hajj on your behalf. Same Abdullah bin Mubarak, as the Sheikh Rahmatullah mentions the incident that one year he performs Hajj. Close to Ka'batullah, he's dozing off, he's sleeping. This is a dream. In his dream, conversation of two angels. One angel asks the other, how many people have come for Hajj this year? The answer is given 600,000. Then the question, how many of them, how many of the Hujjaj has their Hajj been accepted? The answer is given. Allah has not accepted a single haji. Abdullah bin Mubarak is shocked. Those days, they would have had to travel through jungles, would have had to, to incur tremendous hardship and difficulty and persecution to perform hajj. 600,000, not one accepted. This worrying thought in his dream. And then, the angel responds in the same dream and says that one person, cobbler, Ali bin Alaqiq, from Damascus because of him, Allah has accepted the hajj of 600,000 hujjaj. Abdullah bin Mubarak, there and then when he wakes up, on the return journey, he goes to Damascus, he finds this person. He goes up to him. And he says to him, looks for him, locates him, introduces himself. This was a great scholar of Islam, Ali bin Alaqik, knew of Abdullah bin Mubarak. When he hears who it is, he's shocked, he says, why are you looking for me? He says, did you make Hajj this year? He said, no. I had every intention. Allah did not will it. He said, Tell me about it. This person was out of modesty, refused to reveal details. Abdullah bin Mubarak insisted. So he said, 30 years I had been saving to make Nafil Hajj. 30 years! Going hungry, saving my earnings, my life's earnings. I had gathered 3000 dinars. This year I was supposed to perform Hajj. I happened to be at the house of my neighbor. They were sitting down to eat. I was not hungry but I expected my neighbor to invite me out of courtesy. My neighbor did not invite me. I felt hurt but I didn't say anything. My neighbor realized. I could see the worry on his face. So he called me one side. And he said, listen my brother. Three to five days have passed. There has been no food in my house. I could not bear to hear the crying of hunger of my children. So today I saw a dead donkey. I cut a piece of meat out of the corpse. Out of the carrion. What I put in front of my family is halal for us because we are starving for more than three days. It's not halal for you. This is why I cannot invite you to partake. He says, my heart was broken. I went home. And what i had saved for my nafil hajj, 3,000 dinars, I presented it to this family. Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi says to him, Because of your charity, because of your sacrifice, Allah has accepted the hajj of 600,000 hujjars. Mufti taqi Sa'af, down gives this reminder. We can t- reflect this December that passed, the extravagance, the Israf that probably occurred. We're not comparing good deeds. But this is a time to open our hearts. This is a time to share in the pain to whatever extent we can. Every salah, dua, whatever little we have, use those channels by which our starving brothers and sisters and little children can be assisted in any way. And we've run out of time. But Miraj, Rajab or not Rajab, there is a lesson. haqiqat we talk of Masjid Aqsa, the sanctity of the Masjid, the love for the Masjid, the devotion for the Masjid, the cry for the Masjid. Wallah, my respected brothers, Allah forgive me, Allah forgive you if we ourselves are not in the masjid. And all those cries and all that chanting and all that snogging and all that pamphleteering. In reality, what real weight does it carry? Allah elevated his Nabi. There is no time to go into details. He went to that point. Tazi Ayaz rahimullah mentions the riwayat farqani Jibril. Beyond the Sidratul Muntaha, Jibril said, "I cannot go any step further than this." Faraqani Jibril, one qatatil total complete silence. He had reached a point no creation of Allah was allowed to reach that point. Besides Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu whispering, talking, communion directly between Habib and Mahbub. Wallah. Ulama say, what exactly, what conversation exactly occurred at that point besides Allah and his Habib sallallahu no one knows. Even kiraman katibin, where Allah says, in illa Whatever you will utter, my angels are with you, they are writing it down. They also don't know what conversation occurred. Why? Because he had reached that point where no angel was allowed also secret between Habib and Mahbub, that conversation that occurred. But, what possibly occurred? Allah knows best. But what did He come back with? This is that Nabi who possibly said to Allah, that, Ya Allah, You gave me this maqam, what about my ummah? What can I take back for my ummah? Because every second, every moment of his life was devoted to this ummah. Quran says, لَعَلَّكَ بَاكِئٌ نَفْسًا Oh my Habib, are you going to kill yourself? Finish yourself because of your ummah. He would not possibly have forgotten his ummah. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that He reaches that point and comes back from there with a means and a medium which allows you and I to reach that point. He came back with sajda. He came back with salah. And what is sajda? Like Khaja Majzoov, rahmatullahi alayhi is to say, jab zameen ko asman kardu, Understand what is sajda. That when sajda is done correctly, wallah your head is not on the ground, the ground has become the heavens. Your mirage has taken place. Hadith of Rasulullah ﷺ, he says you cannot go closer, you cannot go closer, you cannot go closer to Allah than you are when you are in sajda. So take the hadiah of mirage. Take the sabak of Meharaj. Hear the cries of Aqsa. Hear the cries of that masjid. Every morning in Masjid-e Hilal, when two or three safs are here, and Juma this masjid is full. Even in Ramadan, for in Ramadan, for the first few nights, the masjid is full and then the back is empty. My respected brothers, Allah protect you, Allah protect me. Let us not rise up with the hypocrites tomorrow who are making empty chants and slogans about the worry of the sanctity of the masjid and we could not fulfill the sanctity of that masjid. If there is no other preparation, if there is no other preparation, there is no other identification, at least may make this identity that from now take it upon ourselves till Allah frees Masjid Aqsa and inshallah Allah will free Masjid Aqsa. That qurbani will not go in waste. Till that time, take this, that five times salah, every one of us will be in the masjid. And after that salah, raise our hands and cry for our brothers and sisters.